0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter, at Joe Orico 99 That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. You guys never miss any of my content when you're following me over there. You get these podcasts, my articles, all my Twitter threads, all in one place. So please do go check me out in the Twitterverse, I guess you could say. What we're going to be doing today is pretty much what we do most days with our weekend twist. We'll look back on some of yesterday's top performers. We will go through the waiver wire and see who is being added, who is being dropped today. We will look at some viable pitching streams for the weekend. There are seven or eight really good options out there. Typically, what I've been doing this season is giving you one guy for Friday, one for Saturday, one for Sunday. But recently, uh, these last couple of weeks anyway, we've seen some more options going on the weekend for you guys. So, We'll go through those names, and then at the end of the show, we'll talk about one or two matchups to keep an eye on for this evening's games. Let's start off, though, with Aaron Nola. I think pretty clearly he was the best player yesterday. Uh, Certainly in terms of pitchers, you might want to make an argument for Paul Goldschmidt, who hit two home runs. But we'll start off here with Aaron Nola. So first off... He has really, truly had a great season compared, especially with what he did last season. His ERA was north of 4.5. He still had an incredible whip at 1.13, and he was still striking out batters. But really, it was a disappointing season for Aaron Nola. A lot of people bought the dip this season in the draft price. He really didn't cost you quite as much as he would have last season. And so far this season, I mean, we're most of the way done, but he's got a three zero eight ERA, a .94 whip, 185 strikeouts, in 166 innings. Complete game shutout against the Reds. Eleven strikeouts, five hits. He did hit one batter, but I think we'll we'll let him slide for that one. Obviously, not many more pitches. You're going to have confidence in uh, above Aaron Nola at this point in the season. He is well, probably wasn't drafted as your ace. He was probably drafted as maybe your two or three starting pitcher this season, depending, of course, on your draft strategy. Everybody does it a little bit differently. But he's certainly been pitching like an ace over these last few weeks, uh, really the whole year, but specifically over this last uh, month. 34 innings, a 2 ERA, three victories, a uh, sub-one whip, and of course the plus strikeout numbers that we have known to love from Aaron Nola. So definitely one of the better pitchers in baseball this season. His draft price is going to reflect that next year. He will be a lot more expensive than he was coming into this season. Let's go into Paul Goldschmidt. He was three for four yesterday, a couple of home runs. He knocked in five. He also walked once, and he scored three times. Now, something that has kind of flown under the radar a little bit, I don't know if you guys follow Jeremy Frank on Twitter, uh, MLB Random Stats. I think he was the one who pointed this out to me recently, or not to me, but just to the public, that Paul Goldschmidt has a pretty damn good chance here of winning the Triple Crown. He is currently leading in batting average by 13 points. He's at 339. The next closest is Freddie Freeman at 326. Really... It's not such a big di- – I mean, it looks like a pretty big difference there. 13 points, but really all that is is a couple of over 4s, a couple of good games from Freeman, and that could switch. But still a great spot for Goldschmidt. At this point of the season, to be batting nearly 340 is ridiculous. You look at home runs. He is two behind Kyle Schwarber. Schorber has 35, Goldschmidt 33, and then after him it's Pete Alonso and Austin Riley at 31. Definitely room for him to catch up there. Kyle Schwarber can be very streaky. He might hit, you know, another 10 home runs he might hit zero home runs, but he just did go through a stretch before homering yesterday. It had been 20 straight days without a homer for Kyle Schwarber. So there is definitely room for Paul Goldschmidt to sneak in there. And then he is currently the RBI leader by one. And now this race is pretty much locked up between either him or Pete Alonzo. 105 for Goldschmidt, 104 for Alonzo. And then the next closest is Matt Olson at 87. And then honestly, remarkably, it's Trey Turner in the four spot there. Maybe not remarkably, but just remembering uh, the fairly low RBI total from last season for Trey Turner compared to what he's done this season. I, I I love Trey Turner. He's my favorite player in fantasy, probably. But back to Goldschmidt, I mean, the MVP is looking pretty certain for him at this point. He is somebody who has probably deserved an MVP once or twice in his career, if you look at what he did throughout his Arizona tenure. Paul Goldschmidt was really, I mean, the conversation in recent days has been, is Paul Goldschmidt going to the Hall of Fame? I've seen that a little bit. And yeah, I think that Paul Goldschmidt is probably going to the Hall of Fame. And just to touch back quickly on those Arizona seasons, so he came second in MVP twice and third once. First time in 2013, 36 homers, 125 RBIs, 15 steals, and a 302 batting average. That's incredible. In 2015, he had 33 homers, 110 RBIs, batted .321. And then when he came third in 2017, it was 36 homers, 120 ribbies, and a .297 batting average. He probably should have won in 2013. It was, went to Andrew McCutcheon. Kind of a toss-up there. Uh, 2015, he lost to Bryce Harper. Unanimously, Bryce Harper won the MVP there. And then in 2017, he came third behind Giancarlo Stanton and Joey Votto. So it's not as if they were egregious, terrible. You know, he got absolutely robbed. But I think that voters, at least some of them, will think back and say, yeah, maybe Paul should have an MVP at this point. His career is definitely on the tail end. He's going to be 35 years old. Uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, on September the 10th. So maybe they think this is our last chance to reward Paul Goldschmidt for his great career. I think there's a decent chance, more than a decent chance, that Goldschmidt does come away with it. Just to quickly look at the Hall of Fame case for him here he has 313 home runs, uh, 1032 RBIs. He's stolen 145 bases. It's something that we kind of forget about Paul Goldschmidt. He had Seasons of 21, 32, 18, 18, 12, 15. Like, he, he stole bases as a first baseman, which is pretty rare. And then, of course, the career batting average, 296. Career OPS, 922. I think he makes a pretty damn good case for the Hall of Fame. He also has three, four gold gloves. One, two, three, four silver sluggers. Probably should have more than that. And he's been an all-star a bunch of times. Seven all-stars. Decent chance for him to make the Hall of Fame. I think if we're looking at this season, the MVP is pretty close to wrapped up in the National League, I think. Uh, What a season for Goldschmidt, really. I know he got a bit of bad press because he wasn't vaccinated. He didn't come to Toronto. But what he's done on the field this season, really, it should be rewarded. And, And in all honesty, we should have rewarded him a long time ago for this kind of year. It might be the best season he's ever had in his career at this age. And you know, you guys heard the numbers I just rhymed off there. That's pretty damn impressive. So, Paul Goldschmidt, absolutely incredible, likely MVP winner, and looking like a pretty likely triple crown winner as well at this point, which is not something you can say uh, year to year. Let's talk about Lance Lynn here for a second. He is somebody that a few managers got fed up with and dropped a little while back. I'm very glad I held on where I still have him because he has seemed to turn it around here these last few starts. So yesterday it was six innings against Baltimore. He allowed three hits, uh, struck out eight. He had a really, really solid ball game here. Over his last 35 innings, he has a 3.31 ERA. Over his last 17 innings, which goes three starts, a 2-0-4 ERA, 21 strikeouts. If he was dropped in your league, I would absolutely go and add Lance Lynn. He's down at 86% rostered on Yahoo. Should definitely be higher. I've talked about this before, but Lance Lynn was likely going to win the Cy Young last season had it not been for some injuries down the stretch. You could argue that Ray was going to win it, but I think that Robbie Ray kind of secured it there when Lance Lynn went down at the end of the season. Lynn is really a better pitcher than we've given him credit for. The whole recency bias, what have you done for me lately, can go a little too far. And yes, if you look at for the season, he has an ERA of five on the dot. Obviously not very impressive, but this is something that we don't really talk about as well is when we look at stats, that's what the player has done previously. It's not necessarily going to be what they do in the future. How predictive are things like that? Sometimes they can be very predictive. But when Lynn misses the entire season almost, comes back, doesn't have a good few starts to open up his campaign, obviously those numbers are going to be a little inflated for a while. But like I said, last couple of weeks, ERA around two over the last month, uh, under 3-5. He should not be sitting around on any waiver wires. That kind of strikeout upside, obviously the White Sox are kind of hit or miss for wins this season. But Lance Lynn absolutely should not be available. Not that it's going to be many leagues but just make sure he's not available in yours. Shane Langoliers, he went three for four yesterday, hit a home run, drove in a couple. He's had 34 at-bats in the big leagues. He scored six times, hit two home runs, and he's batting 294. I think that he's got to be rostered pretty much everywhere at this point. Catcher has been such a crapshoot. I mean, there have been some decent options throughout the season here and there, but even we've seen like Alejandro Kirk has been very disappointing for a while. Not that you're going to be dropping him necessarily. Well, not necessarily. You're not going to be dropping Alejandro Kirk. But I think... Really, Shay Langoliers makes a solid option there, either as a catcher replacement or even the way he's batting right now. You could make an argument that he could be a utility slash bench guy and then fill in for your catcher when possibly maybe your catcher has a day off. But the way he's been batting, uh, Shay Langoliers is somebody that I'm very interested in right now. Specifically, obviously, if you're in a two-catcher format, it's without question he's an ad. But even in a one-catcher format, I think anything around 10 teams and deeper, it should you should be really interested there. Let's talk about Patrick Sandoval. People were really, really fed up with him for a while. And I was a little bit too because the walks were just so brutal, even with the low ERA. He had a pretty high whip. And, you know, I think you can live with what he's been giving you recently, specifically. Uh, yesterday was another good start. Six innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts. Now, over his last 31 innings, he has 29 strikeouts and a one-four-five ERA. Patrick Sandoval, he's available in too many leagues because of the walks, and I understand it but he is still a lot better than what his roster percentage would indicate. Right now, we're looking at 64% rostered. There are a lot of pitchers. I'm going to do a thread either today or tomorrow, at some point in the next couple of days, and just kind of summarize all these pitchers that I've talked about over the last couple of weeks, and really just lay them all out in one place, because there are a lot of pitchers who are pretty much, pretty close to being a must-add for me at this point of the season. Obviously, guys, we've talked about, like George Kirby and Justin Steele and Nick Ladolo and Reed Detmers and, you know, Braxton Garrett to a lesser extent. Um, these are guys that I've talked about like crazy, and I think I need to put them all in one place. Now, Braxton Garrett obviously hurt right now, but all those guys were are people that I've talked about in the last couple of weeks who have been very strong ads, who are available in way too many leagues. I'm definitely going to pull something together because – I feel like with my Twitter stuff, sometimes stuff gets spaced out. I'll talk about one guy on Monday, one guy on Thursday, one guy on Saturday. And then it's like, I I just want to organize my thoughts a little bit there. And I feel like there are so many pitchers specifically who are undervalued at this time of year. So I am really going to be interested in adding Sandoval and a couple of of those other guys uh, that I have talked about. And I will talk about again. So, if you're thinking Joe's talked about so many pitchers being must add, I I can't even keep it straight anymore. I gotta listen to old pods or whatever, look at old articles. Like I I will summarize that both. Uh, maybe that'll be my article this weekend. I'm always looking for good article ideas because sometimes you know I I do what I like with the article. Sometimes it's a buy low sell high, sometimes it's waiver wires, sometimes it's you know priority this, deep league ads, whatever. I think this week we will summarize some of the previous work and just go through. Some of these pitchers who are way too widely available. But anyway, I don't want to talk your ear off about that. That'll be forthcoming in the next couple of days. Let's talk about a couple of pitchers here. They will be, I'll talk about them separately, but they group into the same category for me here. It's Marco Gonzalez and Dakota Hudson. They both had good starts yesterday. They both got the victory. Let's start with Marco Gonzalez. He went six innings, gave up four hits, one earned run, one walk, and struck out four I'm just not sold on Marco Gonzalez at this point of the season and these arguments I'll go over them individually, but they could I could pretty much copy and paste what I'm gonna say for these next two guys. They're not high strikeout guys. The ratios are very mediocre for Gonzalez. A three nine seven ERA is fine, but a one-three nine whip to go along with really piss poor strikeouts, not something I'm gonna to be too interested in. Now he's won four starts out of his last six, and that is in the last month. So you're looking back at these stats. That's very good. He's won nine games the entire season, and we know the volatility that comes with the win stats. So can you look at that and say he's going to win another four next month? Absolutely not. In fact, it's probably closer to the opposite once you're winning so many games in a row like that. For someone like Gonzalez, who is, let's be honest, he's not a great pitcher. Uh, I'm, I'm not taking the bait here. I'm not adding him. I just think there are so many better pitchers available. Like I said, I will go through them again, but there are so many better options than Marco Gonzalez in terms of literally everything, even on his own team. Go for Kirby if you can. Leave Gonzalez alone. And now Dakota Hudson, pretty similar stat line. He went seven innings. He had five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and struck out four. He also got the victory. And he has pretty similar numbers as a whole for the season. 70 strikeouts, 4-2-3 ERA, and a 1-3-9 whip. Now, those 70 strikeouts have come in 121 innings. He is really not striking out anybody. The ratios are poor. Wins, yes, they should be coming here and there, pitching for the Cardinals, a good team like that. It's not hard to think that he could win three, four more games, perhaps, but everything else is going to be shit. It's just the way that he is. He's not great. He really is not a great pitcher. And I don't trust him in fantasy playoffs or even just down the stretch here to give you those little boosts in your roto or points categories. I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not there with Dakota Hudson or Gonzalez, there are probably 10 pitchers off the top of my head that I would rather have over them. So, yes, good starts yesterday. It was the Cubs, and it was Cleveland. It wasn't the greatest level of competition. Obviously, Cleveland's doing pretty well. The Cubs, not the greatest level of competition. I'm leaving these guys alone. I really don't think that you need to be adding either of them. And, in fact, if you have them, I'd be pretty inclined to drop them. Let's keep it going now with the waiver wire portion of the show where I'll just be going through some of the more added and dropped players across fantasy today today. The number one ad is Bailey Falter. He will be starting against the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight. Now, he'll be taking the place here of Zach Wheeler in the rotation going forward. He has a forearm injury. He might be out for a while, I'm not really sure. But Falter should get some regular starts. For the season in 45 innings, he has one victory, 40 strikeouts, a 440 ERA, and a 1.29 whip. Now I didn't include him on my list of streamers because I think there are some better options. But desperate, uh, worst case scenario, I think that he's going to be all right here. Pittsburgh is a pretty piss poor team, so if you're going to add Falter, uh, no problem there. I think he's, he's I think he's a fine add for tonight. Rafael Montero, he's been added up and he collected a save yesterday because Ryan Presley is now injured. Uh, he has neck spasms. Who knows how long he'll be out for. I have Presley on a lot of teams, so I did go and add Montero in one or two cases. I also did add Rowan Wick. Sticking with my word, I did say yesterday that I'd prefer him over Brandon Hughes. I added him up in one league. We'll see how that plays out. I do think that they could go back and forth a little bit here. But Rafael Montero is probably the best option right now. He should just slide into that closer role uh, while Presley's out and get you some saves. At least over this weekend and into next week, he should be able to get you a couple. So strong add there uh, out of the relief pitchers being added today. Cade Cavalli, he is going to be getting the start tonight against Cincinnati. He'll be making his major league debut. Now, I'm a little more cautious here. I think, as a desperation stream, he's okay. But what he's done in AAA this season is a 371 ERA, 1.18 whip. Pretty solid strikeouts, 104 of them in 97 innings. But the walks are a bit of an issue 39 walks in 97 innings. I'm okay with using him as an ad here, but you know, if you look at the AAA numbers, typically they're going to drop a little bit once you move into the big leagues. In the best of times, now he's going to pitch for a team that is literally a, a AAA team at this point. Their 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 lineup is brutal. They have not really much going for them. He's going to have to be pretty damn perfect in able uh, in order to have fantasy value. Getting victories is going to be pretty hard to come by. A lot of walks. I'm I'm more or less indifferent on him as a whole. I mean, as a prospect, I'm not such a deep dynasty prospect guy, so I'm not really sure about his long-term outlook, but for tonight, I think there are better options. If you really are desperate, or if you're in a really deep league, then yes, he's got a good matchup against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's one of the few teams that's probably better here than Washington, so... Uh, if you're thinking it's likely for a win or whatever, uh, it's 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 totally a toss-up for me with Cade Cavalli. A lot of people are adding him. He's up to 18% rostered, uh, up 15% from last week. So people are jumping in. This time of year, I've said it many times, you need the best of the best. So I, I'm, I'm not really so sold here on Cade Cavalli. As a whole, if you're streaming somebody in this time of year, you have to be pretty certain about them one way or the other. You need to know the matchup factors, uh, how much the opposing team strikes out, what they do in whatever ballpark they're playing in. Uh, It goes a lot beyond, I think, just looking at the top ads and saying, yep, this guy's being added. Let's just go add him. I like to go through these just to try and work it out. Sometimes I come into these shows and I don't have my opinion fully formed on a particular player. I'll talk it through and sometimes I'll change my mind. Now with Cade Cavalli, I'm not really going to be changing my mind here. I think that he's I think that he's okay, but we'll get to it in a few minutes about some better options, I think, that are available tonight. Brandon Hughes, we talked about him. He's being added still. People thinking he'll get some saves down the line here in Chicago. It's a toss-up. I think that there's a a chance of it. I don't think it's guaranteed, but there is a chance of it. Johnny Cueto, he is also being added here today. 63% rostered now. He is facing the Diamondbacks. I just feel like at any point now, Johnny Cueto is going to explode, and it's going to be ugly like a nine in runs or something. It's just, you feel it coming. Johnny Cueto for his career, he's been a pretty good pitcher. He's had a solid little run of things, but he is not a guy who should be having a 2.58 ERA at this point of the season. He's just not that guy anymore. He was at one point for sure. At this point in his career, people are going to be adding him because he has earned that in a lot of cases, but I'm just wondering, is it really going to be worth it? Uh, it's just there's going to be some ugliness with Johnny Cueto. You can, almost, you can almost guarantee it. There is going to be a start where he just ruins somebody's season. And I'm going to try and avoid uh, having that be me. I don't have him anywhere. I'm going to try and avoid that. He's still available in a few of my leagues because people are still cautious. I mean, they're adding him, but they're also cautious at the same time. For me, I, I'm a little more cautious there. Unless, of course, it's a deeper league and you don't have much of a choice. But I'm staying away from him if possible. Bryson Stott is also a popular ad today. Now, Bryson Stott, over the last couple of weeks, he's 16 for his last 48. He's at a home run. He's stolen four bases. He's playing very well, and he actually batted third yesterday for Philadelphia. Now, will he continue to bat third? I'm not really sure. It's likely not, especially now with the news that Bryce Harper should be coming back, I think, either today or tomorrow. So I'll probably move everybody down a spot in the lineup. But Bryson Stott for the year has been a lot better than he might have been given credit for. He's got eight home runs, he's got eight steals. Decent runs and RBI numbers. Obviously not a great average for the year, only at 229, but he's gotten a lot better there recently. So Bryson Stott, I think, is a solid add at a weaker second base slash shortstop position. Let's move on to the drops. Who are people getting rid of? Well, Jared Walsh, he is today's must-drop player because he has a thoracic outlet syndrome. He is going to be going on the 60-day IL, and he is done for the season. Really a shame, but at the same time, it's honestly kind of... uh, It's kind of nice for fantasy managers because you've been kind of toying with dropping him, probably thinking he could go off at any moment. Maybe he was still, as of yesterday, over 50% rostered. Now he's down to 46. But for the year, 15 home runs, 44 RBIs, a 215 average, really a deceiving season that he had last year that led to his price and his stock going up for the year. But really, really, truly disappointing. It's just a, a reason here to be dropping him. There's no point to be holding on. Obviously, People are crazy in this world, and he'll still probably be in 20-something percent rostered by the end of the year. Who knows? Maybe it's inactive leagues. Maybe people don't give a shit. I don't know. But Jared Walsh, dead weight. You got to get him off your roster at this point. Let's talk about Marcus Stroman. Ah, man. He's not exactly dead weight, but he is definitely somebody I do not have faith in. He gave up five runs and 11 hits yesterday to the Cardinals for the season. 410 ERA, 1.22 whip. Uh, Below average strikeout numbers and only three victories in the 96 innings he's pitched. 57% rostered still Marcus Stroman, and he's just not somebody I have any faith in down the stretch. Like, could he have a couple of good starts? Yeah, he could. But he's also very capable of just having a couple of stinkers in a row. Uh, I was getting into a fight. I mentioned this at one point earlier in the year. It's one of the few Twitter fights that I've been in this season, and it wasn't, like, you know, crazy, you know, name-calling back-and-forth kind of shit. But it was... A guy on Jay's Twitter who is still a Marcus Stroman stand, and he was going on about how Marcus Stroman was like a top 10, top, top 12 pitcher in baseball at the beginning of the season. And I was like, okay, like, well, hold on a second here. No, he's not. Like, he's he's just absolutely not. And try to send back some numbers, and we we're sending back statistics back and forth. And this guy would not budge on this position, thinking that Marcus Stroman was going to be a top 10 or 15 starting pitcher still. It was ridiculous at the time. I'm very glad that it has not turned out that way. As much as I like Marcus Strowman, you always kind of like when you have an argument with somebody on Twitter or wherever. At the end of the day, you kind of hope you're right. And while he's not terrible, Marcus Strowman is definitely still overvalued in fantasy. People thinking back on previous year's uh, achievements. 57% rostered for a guy who's put up what he's done on a poor team. Most people are not going to be interested, I would hope. And hopefully we start to see him get dropped a little bit. He's down 2% over the last week. Probably start to see that fall a little bit more. Seeing some other guys dropped, and some of them we've already talked about today. Dakota Hudson has been dropped by some people. Marco Gonzalez has been dropped. Patrick Sandoval has been dropped as well. I don't agree with the Patrick Sandoval one. I think that we should be holding on to him there. Now, I think there is a chance that his next start will come against the Yankees. I just need to quickly take a look at the schedule. I think it does. Yeah, so his next start is at home against the Yankees. There might be it might be a set. But there are still going to be some good matchups throughout the rest of the season here for Sandoval. Obviously, if you are in real crunch time, maybe you can't afford to sit him for a start. But I think that a lot of people, you you would be able to make that sacrifice. Switch out the worst pitcher on your roster for him because he's probably going to be better than that guy. He is very close to having a sub-3 ERA go along with plus strikeouts. Obviously, the walks, not a great team, are both factors there against him. But I think Patrick Sandoval is pretty damn under-rostered at this point. Jake Fraley, he's also been dropped in quite a few leagues. He has been pretty good recently, but these last few games, 0-4, 1-2, for, 4, 1 for 2, he didn't start a couple in a row there. The 1-2, the for 2, he came off the bench. But there were a couple of games against lefties where he did not start consecutively. I just don't have faith that this can hold out any more than a couple of days. Maybe if this goes on a couple more days or maybe a week you'd consider yourself lucky but I think at any point now Jake Fraley uh, is going to be shooting down roster percentages he shot up 21% last week I would not be surprised if it shoots down 21% coming week so let's keep it going here with Franmil Reyes he continues to get hits most games here for the Cubs since he's been on board people are still dropping him yesterday he was dropped by almost a thousand teams I think it's a little bit extreme Obviously, he's cooled off a little bit this last week, but I think if you added Franmil Reyes, he has a lot of power potential. There's not many guys on the waiver wire who are going to be able to hit you that many home runs. So if he was dropped, I would take a look and see maybe you can replace your third or fifth outfielder depending on your league. I think that he still has value left this season. Let's talk about one more drop for today. Ty France. I talked about him yesterday on Twitter. He left with a calf strain. It was a bruised calf, actually, and it's been honestly for a good while now pretty damn ugly for Ty France. So I sent out a tweet yesterday that had his stats from April and May versus what he's done the rest of the season. So I'll quickly go through that. So from opening day through May 31st, he had a 3.47 batting average, a 420 on base, a 174 wrc plus, seven homers, 23 RBI, or 23 runs, 36 RBI. So just like the main stats there, 3.47 average, seven home runs, 23 runs scored. Since June 1st, we're looking at three whole months, just about. 217 average, seven home runs, 21 runs scored, 26 RBIs. He has been inferior in every single category. Well, the same number of home runs over these last three months that he had in the first two months. He's still rostered in 90-plus percent of leagues, and he is at this point... For, well, honestly, it's sad to say, but for a while, he's been a liability for your team. So he's still ranked inside of the top 200 over on Yahoo, but that's really propelled by the fact that he was like the number one fantasy player for the first six weeks or so. Uh, he's definitely somebody that you should have sold high on. If you didn't, you're probably going to be forced, like I am in my home league, to drop Ty France. He's been hurting you for a while now, and there's honestly no need to hold on anymore. And I don't think this is going to be too serious here with this with this bruise. But it could be like a few days out, and that just compounds the fact that he is literally essentially forgive me, but worthless right now in fantasy he's just done absolutely not a damn thing for you, even if you just want to look at a smaller sample size this last month eighty two at bats he's batting one forty six with one home run he's just he's just below replacement level at this point, well below it. go ahead and switch him out do yourself a favor you'll feel a lot better once you do. We are going to now look at this is my favorite part of Most of my shows for the week is the weekend streamers section. We look through the matchups that we're going to be seeing this weekend. I spent a long time last night looking through all of them and trying to figure out who are the best plays tonight and really throughout this whole weekend. But let's talk about tonight first off. So I think the number one streamer for me, no surprise if you guys listen regularly and see my content, is going to be Justin Steele. Justin Steele is currently my favorite widely available pitcher. I mean, it would be George Kirby, but his roster percentage has shot up a bit. And even Justin Steele's is up to 46% now. That's very good. As of like a week ago, it was like 23 or 24 or something. Over the last month, 26 in the third innings, 39 strikeouts on a point-six-nine ERA. He does not have any victories in those outings, which is unfortunate. Pitching for the Cubs will do that to you. But he's been helping you out everywhere else. And the wins will eventually come if he keeps up these kind of performances. Even though they're not going to be coming regularly, there will still be a few victories. So Justin Steele, number one with a bullet for me tonight. The other two options that I have picked out for tonight are both in the same game. And this is where we get a little bit tricky here, but hear me out. So Mitch White and Reed Detmers. I think Reed Detmers needs to be added. He should not be available in as many leagues as he is. He's 51% rostered, but he's really up to strikeout game. And even over the last month, if you look at what he's done, 23 innings, 31 strikeouts, A three oh nine ERA with, yes, a slightly high whip of 1.41. He's coming off a bad start against Detroit, which has obviously led people to drop him. He was dropped by 13 14% of leagues over the last week. That's just an opportunity sitting there on the waiver wire, a pitcher who has definitely, definitely improved throughout the season. We saw it a few weeks back against Atlanta, where he shut him down over five, shut down Texas over seven, one run and 12 strikeouts, seven innings against Seattle, one run and seven strikeouts. It was nine strikeouts and five innings against Minnesota and then obviously a poor outing here against Detroit and then everybody runs for the hills. No, Reed Detmers is still one of the more valuable, widely available pitchers on the market. 51% rostered. It's a coin flip if you're going to be able to find him. Comb through your waiver wire and add him and then my recommendation, honestly, is probably to sit him for it tonight. So it's maybe a little disingenuous as a streamer to put him in here. But he is someone who I think it's not the worst idea in the world to start him tonight. Obviously, it's Toronto in Toronto, so it's a home-friendly ballpark or a hitter-friendly ballpark, I should say, uh, with a good lineup. The Toronto's lineup has turned it around recently, thank God. But Reed Detmers is still somebody that I would have a, some faith in—not not the highest amount of faith tonight, but rest of season, add more so than just a streamer. I'd be adding him and sitting him. Ideally, that would be my advice. And even potentially, you can start him if you're desperate enough. We've talked about these scenarios before. Maybe your ERA is already like 750 for the week or something, and then it's, you know, start everybody, start anybody. In that case, it doesn't really matter, but if you're trying to preserve low ratios, it's probably not a great idea to start anybody in Toronto, but I would still be adding him. Now, on the other side of that, Mitch White. Mitch White has been honestly a godsend for the Blue Jays, kind of being, it seems to be the newest version of Ross Stripling for Toronto He's not going deep into games. Uh, Mitch White is typically going maybe four, maybe five innings. He's going to strike out four-ish batters. He's very similar what he does uh, to what Ross Stripling has done so far for the Blue Jays. The strikeouts are going to be a little bit below average, but Toronto is favored in this game tonight. They should have a decent chance of coming out on top. Uh, Minus 190 for Toronto here on the betting odds. So Toronto is favored. They should come away with a victory here. Obviously, Reed Detmers is the wild card. He could have a great game, and that might throw everything out of whack. But Toronto is favored, should be a favorable outcome for the Blue Jays and for Mitch White. Likely, we're going to be looking at four-ish innings, four-ish strikeouts. It's not going to blow you away. Maybe he gets to five and is able to pull a victory away there. But just going through the other options tonight, maybe you want to go with uh, Bailey Falter for Philadelphia or you want to go Cade Cavalli for the Nationals. I think that they are okay Personally, they're going to be a little bit below the other guys for me. So Steele at one, which uh, Mitch White at two, and then Reed Detmers at three. Those would be how I would rank our streaming options for today. When we move on to tomorrow, there are also a couple of good options. I think the number one that I'm going to be taking a look at is Kyle Gibson going up against Pittsburgh at home. Gibson has been kind of hit or miss this season. Um, definitely not what we would have hoped for coming into the year. Not that we had crazy high expectations, but his ERA was sub-4 last year. And he was pretty serviceable. This year he's got a 4-3 ERA. Uh, the whip is about the same. But I think we were maybe hoping for a bit more from Kyle Gibson here. There have been flashes where he had 11 strikeouts a couple of outings ago against Cincinnati, things like that. For the most part, though, um, you know, 46% rostered. He's kind of hit or miss the back-end 12-team kind of guy, but against the Pirates here, I think that's about as good of an option as you are going to be finding tomorrow. There's a couple of guys I'm going to get into now, uh, secondary options, but I think Kyle Gibson would be my number one. Number two is another guy that if you listen to me regularly, you know that I've chatted up this entire season, and that's Alex Cobb. He gets Minnesota tomorrow, and he has seen a correction in his luck recently. Now, you might look at his recent stretch of games and think it's not very impressive, You wouldn't be wrong in thinking that. He had a bit of a rough outing at Colorado, which happens. He had a bit of a rough one at San Diego, and there was a couple of iffy ones against the Dodgers. But those are very tough opponents. Tough ballpark, obviously, in Coors. I'm not going to hold that against him, really, when he has a somewhat subpar outing there, especially when you look at the luck correction he's seen. His BABIP and left-on-base percentages have gone closer to normal. He's still... Not great in those areas because the early season numbers still kind of weigh it down. But he's 39% rostered on Yahoo Leagues. I think it's even less so on ESPN. Over the last month, 34 strikeouts and 30 innings, a 330 ERA. And for the season, he has a sub four ERA now. It's down to 399. Only four wins is very disappointing. But there are very few pitchers out there with as much upside as Alex Cobb has strikeout wise. Uh, still sitting around below 40, like not even below 50, but below 40% rostered. I've been on his train the entire season, and I'm hoping that we can see these last couple weeks uh, continue to stabilize because, like I said, those early season numbers really dragged down the entire year. A couple of really bad outings, but he still has a sub-4 ERA. He is the hill that I've been prepared to die on all season, and for the most part, it's turned out pretty well, so... I'm still all in on Alex Cobb, not even just as a streamer here against Minnesota, which is an okay option. Uh, it's a, it's not like the greatest matchup or anything. It's a pretty decent matchup, but it's nothing to write home about. I just like him more so as a rest-of-season kind of guy as well. I think there's definitely, definitely a couple of pitchers on your roster that you can switch out for an Alex Cobb, Justin Steele type. Uh, without question, there's got to be at least one guy on a 12-team roster. Maybe on a 10-team roster you don't find that. 10-teamers, I think it should be at least one automatic swap there. One more streamer we'll talk about for tomorrow, and it's going to be Drew Smiley against Milwaukee, another Chicago pitcher we'll highlight. Over his last 28 innings, he has 28 strikeouts, a two-fifty-seven ERA, and a 1.11 whip. It's been several really good outings in a row, and he's probably going to end up being one of the more popular ads. I think that I'd probably still slot him in that third place behind Gibson and Cobb. But really, it's not like such a definite order. I think you could mix them around a little bit, and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. So in that, once again, Kyle Gibson, Alex Cobb, and Drew Smiley, those are the guys that I'm looking at for Saturday. When we take a look at Sunday, I am going with Nick Lodolo here against Washington as my number one. He's also facing Patrick Corbin, so a win should be pretty damn likely here. Patrick Corbin, the poor bastard, 4-17 and 17 with a 6.81 ERA. It's like... I'm surprised he doesn't just, you know, throw in the towel at this point. 33 years old. Ugh, man, like I, I do feel bad. I don't think he's quite this bad. We've seen a lot better seasons from Patrick Corbin, but Jesus Christ, like just awful stuff. But Nick Lodolo, on the other side, he is somebody who is not valued nearly enough in fantasy circles. He's only 27% rostered. He has had a couple of shaky outings recently. But as a whole still, over this last month, 27 innings, 30 strikeouts, a 3.90 ERA, and a 1.34 whip. For the season, 4.35 ERA, 1.52 whip. He's still a young guy who's figuring it out, but the plus strikeouts, the great matchup, and of course Patrick Corbin there on the other side of it. It's really juicy. I think I'd be, I'm very tempted to say the other person in this matchup, or not in this matchup, the other person that I'm highlighting for Sunday as the number one, but I think it's pretty hard to go against Nick Lodolo here as as your best viable streamer here for Sunday. The other guy who I'm kind of going back and forth was uh, back and forth with seeing maybe this guy I prefer, but I think it'll be Lodolo. But still, uh, Ross Stripling is a very viable candidate here at home against the Angels. Ross Stripling is still. Uh, let me just take a look. He's at exactly fifty percent rostered on Yahoo. Thirty five last week. He's now gone up to fifty. This last month, he has a 1.62 ERA, and for the season, it's 2.84. It's not as if this has been some crazy, small, unsustainable stretch. For the year, he has been one of the Blue Jays' best pitchers, and he is still, like I said, very widely available. So go ahead and get yourself some Ross Stripling and some Nick Lodolo on Sunday. I would prefer Lodolo. I'm not sure it's really that. Big of a difference. I think it depends on what you're going for. Uh, Lodolo can be a little bit more volatile, could potentially give up some more runs, I think, but he's likely to get more strikeouts than Ross Stripling. Uh, it's the total opposite with Stripling. He might get three, four strikeouts, but there's a good chance he'll go five-ish, maybe six innings, and still be able to secure you the victory. So those are the streamers that we will be looking at for this weekend. Reed Detmers, Mitch White, Justin Steele, Kyle Gibson, Alex Cobb, Drew Smiley, Nick Ladolo, and Ross Stripling. A lot of guys, you might have to like listen back a couple times because I've gone through them kind of quickly here, but there are a lot of dudes, I think, that can really be a valuable plug-in for your teams this weekend. Now, with all of that being said, nobody is a must-start pitcher at this point in the season. There is not one pitch. I don't care if it's Verlander, McClanahan, Alcantara, what have you. If you're on the weekend, you've already secured your pitching matchups, then you don't need to start anybody. I'm serious. Like, there, are, there is one league in particular. It is not the most active league, but I just want to give you an example where I will not be starting literally any of my pitchers this weekend, even though I have a couple of solid ones going. Brandon Woodruff, you Darvish in this particular league, uh, they're going to be sitting on the bench, and here's why. My ERA is 1.69. I have 32 strikeouts compared to his 13. I have a .79 whip compared to his 096 um, my 169 ERA is compared to his 2.41. So, yes, I could start these pitchers, but I don't really need to. I have a 19 strikeout lead. He has two pitchers starting. And if I really need to, then I'll possibly stream somebody in for Sunday. But I'm not going to be going out there and putting myself in a chance where maybe I'll put myself behind when I don't need to. I'm going to let him make the mistakes here. If he wants to go out there and stream a bunch of pitchers and hope for the best to try and lower that ERA, and and the whip because they're both good numbers. I'm just having a great week here 26 innings and really like below two ERA, below one whip. I'm not starting those guys because I don't need to. Now, there are most, most situations you're going to be starting Woodruff and you, Darvish, regardless. But please take a look at what you need on a given week. If you're already secured in your categories, I have five wins, the other guy has one. Things like that lead you to believe. I don't really need to be starting anybody here. Let's say it's a Sunday and you're up by 30 strikeouts and you're up by, you know, four ERA or whatever, three ERA. Are you really going to start McClanahan or Verlander or, you know, Cy Young, Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez? No, there's no reason to. So just because they're studs, just because they're going to be winning accolades and they're elite pitchers, do not feel the need to start them if it is not necessary. Before I leave you guys today, I do want to quickly talk about my one matchup of the night here. Well, there are a couple okay ones. I think Shane Bieber and Logan Gilbert has the potential to be pretty good. Uh, Logan Gilbert's been scuffling a bit recently, so it's not one I'm going to be paying too much attention to, although it could be really good. But my number one here tonight is going to be Justin Steele and Freddie Peralta, Chicago and Milwaukee. Obviously, Freddie Peralta has not been quite as good as we would have hoped. If you look at the season as a whole here, his ERA is still over four. Strikeouts have been pretty good, but maybe not as good as we would have hoped. Uh, 22 walks in 57 innings is okay, but it's been overall a fairly disappointing season for Freddie Peralta here. Hoping that he can get back on track against the Cubbies tonight. Well, I say back on track. It's been a couple of pretty solid outings in a row, but he has given up a home run in three straight, and he's walked seven batters over those. Well, those seven walks come in his last two outings. So hoping to see a bit of a course correction from Freddie Peralta here. On the other side, Justin Steele, I'd go on and on about Justin Steele. I love the guy. He has been excellent now for a good while I mean, really most of the season, there was one bad start where he allowed seven earned runs. Pretty much every other time he's allowing three or fewer earned runs, striking out a lot of batters and really just giving you a good chance to win. 325 ERA, one, uh, sorry, in 113 innings. So it's not like it's a, a really small sample size where he's done well. And for the most part this season, he's been very serviceable. Guys, I'm going to leave you there. This, of course, is Fantasy MLB Today. If you guys have not already, followed me over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99. I'd really appreciate you guys hitting me up there, as well as rating and reviewing and commenting on the show on whatever page it is that you listen, whether it's you know uh, Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. I don't think you can actually leave comments on Stitcher, if, I don't think, but... Uh, please rate review uh download and subscribing to the show is really important if you guys are not subs already uh, it'll just continue to download for you in the off season when i know that the viewership will be heading downwards in the off season it's to be expected but i hope a couple of you guys will continue to listen we'll continue to bring on guests maybe go a little bit more general baseball wise and take the foot off the gas uh fantasy wise at least for a little bit there and give ourselves a bit of a break But subscribe, download, follow on Twitter. Do all that great stuff. And we will see you again on Monday. Keep a lookout for the article on Sunday and everything else over on Twitter, guys. Cheers.